0: Hey everyone, how's it going? Azrin the Language Nerd here. Hope you're doing very, very well. I want to jump right into today's podcast episode because I'm a little bit limited for time, and I don't have a ton right now. I probably have about, I would say, 10 minutes-ish to get this podcast episode out, and there's two major things that I want to hit on. The first one is non-language related, but it is fascinating, and I really just want to talk about this and share it with someone. And it has to do with super volcanoes. I recently discovered that underneath Yellowstone National Park, which is, as the name implies, a national park, there is what is called a super volcano. Basically a super volcano is a very big volcano, like an enormous volcano, and if this volcano were to erupt, which at some point it probably will because it has historically erupted in the past according to some different videos and and sources I was looking at, if it were to erupt it would decimate a significant percentage of the planet like millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people would die lots of people would get sick and it would just be a really tragic kind of event with lots of destruction and it reminded me of the fragility how fragile human life or life in general really is it can change your life can change like that, I just snap my fingers. If you didn't hear it, like it can change so freaking quickly. Literally tomorrow, you could wake up and someone in your family is really sick. That changes everything. You could trip on some rock and then fall and hit your head and get some brain damage. That would change things really, really, really fast. On a less extreme level, you could break your leg. You could break an ankle because you're walking and tripped and fell or something, and that would be theoretically, or at least ideologically, or whatever the word is, it would be a step back, it would be a not so great event. Life can also go the other way. Life can also have really positive things. You could bump into some girl or some guy randomly in a supermarket. And that's the girl or guy that you marry because you happen you happen to hit it off. Or you who knows, there's so many good and bad and neutral. There's so many things that can just change and happen. And life is this this constant slur of events and these, you know, intricate intricate different possibilities of where things go. And overall, when I heard of these volcanoes, it just reminded me to be grateful for everything I have and to live in the moment and make sure that I'm just taking full advantage of everything I currently have and just to be really thankful and grateful for it. And I wanted to share on the podcast, um, just to kind of pass that message along as a bit of a reminder And I just want to talk about the super volcanoes. I could not believe how big that freaking volcano was. (laughs) It's like the little five-year-old in me. Um, Anyway, the language learning thing I want to talk about is a little bit of a a, a dilemma that I'm having. And it's a dilemma that I've had for a little bit of time. And it is how much should you be practicing or studying a language on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis? It's something that it bothers me, I'll be really honest. I'm bothered by this question. It troubles me. It's something I will sit there thinking about sometimes. Because deep down inside, I think, what I, I think what I believe, and I'm not sure if I believe this, but this is kind of where I'm at so far. I think what I believe is that it needs to be an hour or two or three hours a day. Like it's got to be hours every day. It's gotta be a daily focus, for an hour two hours three hours like i would say at least an hour of dedicated focus every single day whether it's doing active studying in a classroom whether it's doing listening to music whether it's practicing with a language exchange partner whether it's thinking about the language whether it's writing something that can be debatable and we can start to look at where you should be spending your time i think that is an area where we can get into some discussion but if we just look at how much time should you be studying, my brain kind of jumps to, yeah, an hour a day minimum, seven days a week, maybe even more, like two hours, three hours. Like, I feel like that might be the right answer for someone who wants to get to an extremely fluent level in a language, okay? But I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted, guys, because here's the problem. If I'm telling you, hey, you got to do one, two, three hours a day, and it's got to be a serious focus, and you got to do it daily, you've got to do that for years. Because by the way, I do believe it can take... For someone to get to a very fluent level, I do believe, I think, and I'm not 100% sure, but I, I do feel like intuitively that it takes years. It takes years to get to a very fluent level. And I'm conflicted when I say things like that. I'm so conflicted. Because when I say that... I immediately realize that there's millions of people. If I had, if I had every single person on the planet listening to this podcast in this particular episode, there'd be multi millions, maybe even billions of people that I'll go like, "Screw that! I don't want to do that." Then, like, I don't know if that's what I want to do, and if it's going to take, you know, that much of an effort and that much of a commitment, really. And and that's the thing. And, and I, I wish. What I'm conflicted about is am I wrong about that? Is that just me? Can someone get to a very fluent level? And I, when I say very fluent guys, I mean really strong where you basically may as well be a native speaker basically. Okay. And writer and reader, and you can read academic texts. You can write essays. You can do everything. You can, you are like a master of the language in, 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 uh, in, in quotations. I really think that takes multiple hours a day for years, right? of study. And I think you can do it differently. You don't necessarily need to do it consistently. I think you could do it in intensive bursts. I do it that way. I do a little bit of study. Um, I'll do a little bit of study throughout the year, and then I'll go do a one or two month intensive burst in the country where it's like 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week of like nonstop. And that's just what I live. I live in that language. And there's physically no choice but to learn in many respects, right? But I'm conflicted because I don't know if that's the truth. I feel like it might be, but it's a—it's something when I say it, I go, whoa, be careful. If I'm going to start claiming things like that, I think I need more research. I think I need to really make sure that's true. But I'll be honest, guys, deep down inside right now, as of today, you know, September 18th, 2018. I think there might be some level of truth to that. When people ask me, like, Azrin... I want to speak Spanish like you do. I want to speak French like you do. Like, oh, how do you do that? How's your accent so good? How are you so fluent? How do you just understand? Like, how do you do that? And my answer, like the, the answer I really want to give is like, yeah, I've put thousands of hours, like thousands over years. And I've taken classes. I've taken poetry classes. I've taken even I don't even though I didn't want to do poetry, I would take a poetry class. Like I've taken literature, I've traveled, I've learned slang, I've learned the phonetics, I've learned the linguistics, I've learned medical terms, I've learned this, I've learned that. I've read this book. I've read that book. I've watched so many videos. I've done this and that in university. I have a university degree. I I I think about the language, I listen to music, I look up new words, I study, I practice, I, and I do this for a number of years. Obviously, sometimes I do slack off and I'm not fully studying as much as I am at other points in the year, but overall, I put the time and the effort in. And that leads to this extremely high level, high level in the language. And I'm scared to say that. I'm scared to say There's a lot of things I say and I say it with pure confidence. Like this is the truth. And often I really, not often, I I basically always believe the stuff I'm saying is like, at least in my life experience, true. For me personally, I believe it's true. And this statement, I I say it tentatively. You might even hear my tone of voice being a little bit different. I'm being tentative with this one because I, I, it scares me to say that. I don't want to be a... I don't want to be someone who's being discouraging. I don't want to discourage people. Someone goes, I want to be super fluent in English and French and Spanish. And I go, cool. I don't want to discourage you. On top of that, I don't know if... like, I I just don't know if everyone is going to be able to get to that level. Not because they're not necessarily capable, which is another conversation, but because maybe they're not going to put that time in. Maybe they're, just, they're not as interested. Maybe, you know, they don't know what to do and to become an expert at it and to really gain the knowledge to figure out how to do it and be efficient and everything, they're just not going to put that commitment in. Maybe their brain and their DNA is in a way where it's harder and it immediately is going to take them longer to acquire languages to the same fluency I would achieve in less time than them. Maybe they have six kids, four kids, three kids, and they're single mother, single father, and they don't have the time. Maybe they work a lot. Like, there's a lot of elements, and I'm scared, but to achieve, and I'm being very specific of the wording, I, I, I think, I think this is true. But if you want to achieve that super fluent level, man, like, where you can read really well, like big books, academic articles, uh, newspapers, magazines, any website uh like just read Bas- basically open something up and be able to read it and understand it no matter what it is obviously there might be some words you don't know but generally understand most things write anything a letter a email uh academic letter uh apology note expressing your condolences birthday cards um um text messages you know uh a, a script uh a presentation everything right Being able to listen, understanding everything. No matter what you turn on the TV, you understand. Just like in your native tongue, you turn on a doctor show, you understand the doctor show. You turn on Oprah, you understand the motivational things she might be saying. You turn on Ellen, you understand the jokes. You turn on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's got a very different tone, you understand. You can understand like that in 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 whatever language. To speak, right? You want to get to the speaking level where you can talk about anything. Effortlessly, fluently, no accent, this, that, the other thing. You want to get to that kind of level in the reading, writing, speaking, listening? <sighs> as much as it breaks my heart to say it, because it really does. I, I don't want to be a naysayer. As much as it breaks my heart to say it, you ha- it has it's going to take you hours and work and it's hard and it's going to be years of effort and it's going to be frustrating at times and you're going to have to study things you don't necessarily want to study You're going to have to practice. You're going to have to maybe travel abroad. You're going to have to do so much. It's going to take a lot. And I just don't know. I think there's a disconnect. I think people don't realize that necessarily. People don't always know. They don't realize that to achieve that super fluency. I think, and again, I'm being tentative with this, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'm pretty sure, man. I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. I don't know. I think if you're trying to get to a a passable level, what I would qualify as passable, like maybe my Mandarin, where it's at right now, which is for all intents and purposes, you know, it's not bad, my Mandarin, right? It's not perfect by any means, but I can communicate and I can get by and I can order food. I can talk to people. I can make friends. I can read some things. I can, I am for all intents and purposes. Like I'm pretty good for the av compared to the average person, the average human, the average Joe. But to get to that level, sure, maybe that's possible in three months, six months, one year, you know, of part-time study, sure. But, I don't know, it's a topic I'm so conflicted on, and it, it, it's something I need to figure out for my teaching style. I really need to figure that out, because, you know, I know that, the, I, I, I know it, 99.9% of the people, 99.9% of the people that I teach, these are not people that are going to put the same effort that I do. They're going to come to class, do a little bit of homework. That's what they're going to do. They're going to put in the two hours a week that they have class. I'd three hours a week they have class. One hour a week that they have class. Maybe an hour outside of class, right? Or maybe if they're really good, they'll do half an hour a day outside of class. Maybe. But even in that scenario, I'm going to turn my car on here because I need to start heading out. Um, but even in that scenario, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, how much? And even then, they're, not, they're probably probably not going to put in years and years of effort they're not like it just in my experience so far and so that means that when I work with them for a year for however long six months like what are the outcomes how do I need to approach that differently like yeah I don't know there's so much more I want to kind of get off my chest but I teach in 18 minutes and if I don't start driving there now I'm not going to make it so but I'm conflicted let's just leave it there um, anyway, thanks for listening to the podcast. I appreciate your attention. We will talk later. Bye for now.